we haven't had the opportunity yet uh, to meet. My name is Logan. I'm the pastor here at Refuge. I'm just honored that you would join us uh, here today. We really consider Refuge to be uh, a family, uh, a dysfunctional family. Uh, no, no doubt we are not perfect, uh, but we, we do feel like we are uh, a family. And so because of that, right now we're going to do something a, a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to invite uh, they don't know this is happening, so if they got puzzled looks on their faces because they're finding out right now. Right, I'm going to invite Ryan and Andrea Elliott, the Elliott family. If you guys would go ahead and come up here. Um, now is your time, right? Ryan and Andrea. All right, I see. I see Ryan. I see Tristan. Waiting on, waiting on Andrea, all right? Uh, but, hey, the Elliots, they have been coming to refuge uh, for about a year now. Uh, and in that time, uh, they have been blessings not only to uh, Refuge Church as a whole, uh, but to me and Kelsey uh, personally. They've just been huge blessings to us. Um, I cannot tell you how many times uh, when we were getting everything set up, because uh, this is a school, you know, throughout the week, this stuff's not here. We settle this up every week. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I'm going to do the next thing on the list, and Ryan has already uh, done that. Thing. Uh, and his wife, Andrea, I don't know where she's at, she's hiding, but she just got through singing over here. That's who that was. Um, they are such team players, incredibly talented, uh, gifted, uh, just the definition of what you would think of when you think of a high-capacity volunteers. Even Tristan, right? Tristan crushes it with the kids' team. Uh, he, does on it. he does a great job. Uh, but Ryan has accepted a full-time ministry position at Focus Church in Wisconsin, we can applause. That's a good, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, that's cold, yeah. Uh, but today, who give a round of applause for Andrea? Didn't she sound great this morning? Yeah. You're good, you're good. Um, but hey, today, uh, because they, uh, he has accepted this position in, at Focus Church in Wisconsin, today is their last Sunday with us at Refuge, uh, and we don't want to miss this opportunity to, to send them out. Uh, I got to be honest. We are sad to see them go. Like, I just, I just, to be real, it hurts to lose people who are uh, just so talented, gifted, amazing, um, and just really an awesome family. It, it hurts. But our excitement is so much bigger than our sorrow uh, because we are excited to see people go out, live on the mission, to do what God has called them to do. Uh, we've been praying with them in this journey. Uh, they would find the right place to serve, uh, and God has opened this door, and it sure does just seem uh, like this is a thing that he's given to them. He's walked and he's given it to them, set it up. And so um, we're excited to see you serve on mission to be obedient to what God has called them to. Can I get an amen on that? We're excited to see people following Jesus to, to serve him. Uh, but here's the deal. We can't let them sneak out the back door. Uh, we got to bless them out the front door, right? Uh, and we love you guys. We're so grateful for your hearts, um, just your eagerness to serve Jesus. You guys have been such blessings to us. Uh, and I have no doubt that as you guys continue to faithfully serve Jesus, uh, that you'll have a fruitful season of ministry. Um, and so here's what we're going to do. We just want to pray over you guys before yeah. you go. So Joe's going to pray. I'm going to pray. Then Kelsey's going to pray. I just want to pray for this move. Uh, pray for your personal walks with Jesus. Uh, and then pray for God's just blessing uh, on the ministry that God has called you to. If you're comfortable out there, would you just raise your hand just as a way to show, extend your hand, just as a way to show that we are all praying together over, you know, just put your hand out like that if you're comfortable. Joe, kick us off. Dear God, thank you for these people. Thank you for bringing them into our lives, God. It's just been such an honor to serve, and just it's been awesome to, to see what you've done in their lives already, and I'm just so excited for what you are doing uh, in their lives. Uh, 
I got to talk to them a little bit about the ministries that are going on uh, at the church they're going to. And it's just, there's going to be some amazing opportunities. And I know that you are just going to start a fire with them. It's going to just ignite that whole area up north, God. And I, uh, while it is sad that we're going to, we are going to miss them. They're going to be missed dearly here. But I know that you are calling them to something that no one else can do because you need them somewhere right now. Um, I just thank you for the opportunity we've gotten to serve with them. I pray that this move goes well, just all the stress and the anxiety that comes along with moving um, in such a quick time. Um, and I just pray that you would just bless them, give them that peace, give them that hope, and they would know that uh, you are using them the way that uh, they're just listening to your call to be used by you. And it's just so exciting to see what they're going to do. It's your son's name we pray. God, I just pray for the Elliots. I pray for, uh, God, just your blessing on this ministry that you've called them to. And God, that as they faithfully serve you, God, that they wouldn't try to create fruit in and of themselves, but God, they would see you uh, produce much fruit uh, as they just seek to follow you, to seek to be faithful to the calling that you've given them. Uh, and we just pray for this, this ministry that they're going to, God, that you would just bless it, that you would give them uh, wisdom, discernment, God, you would fill them up in ways that they couldn't imagine, that this would just be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that we see lives changed uh, because of their faithfulness to serve you. We pray for blessings for them as they travel and this ministry, and we ask all these things in your son's name. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you and praise you for the obedience of them stepping forward and following your guidance and your, your prompting um, to go and to do amazing things for you. Father, I just want to pray specifically for their um, spiritual life and their walk with you during this time. Transition is hard. It's awkward. It's weird. And so I just pray, Father, that during this time they cling to you as hard as they've ever clung to you. And I pray that um, in this next season, as they're figuring out all the things with um, among the new and the weird um, and the exciting, that they just remember you and all of this. And um, I pray that you just continue to use them to further your kingdom, Lord. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that you've got big things in store for them, Father. So just continue to bless them. And I pray in the process that... Um, that you just make your presence known to them and they cling to you. Um, Father, thank you. Thank you for the Elliots and the blessing they've been to us. We love you and we thank you for everything. Amen. 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 Can we give it up one more time for the Elliots? Love you guys. Excited for you. Excited for what God has next for you guys. Proud of you guys. All right. One last time. I know you just got finished up. But for the Elliots, just faithfully serving God. Amen. Amen. And amen. Um, I'm excited to see how God blesses uh, their faithfulness to serve him uh, wherever it is. That's what God calls us to, to faithfulness, to faithfulness. That might be in ministry, that might be not in ministry, might be faithfully serving, but I'm excited to see how God blesses their faithfulness. Um, haven't got to baptism yet. I'm already about to cut onions, all right, so bear with me if I seem a little off today, all right. Um, <clears throat> But today, we are finishing up our traditions series where we're looking at uh, why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. There's two traditions that we've looked at throughout this series, and that's baptism and the Lord's Supper. Both of those are symbolic practices of the church, and they both point to, to one thing, and that's Jesus. Uh, baptism reminds us how Jesus lived, he died, and he rose from the grave. The Lord's Supper reminds us how Jesus is body was broken and now his blood was spilt so that we could have salvation. Today we're going to finish up this series by looking at some of those traditions that aren't on the same level as those. 
Uh, They're not found in scripture, and while they might be good or maybe they started with good intentions, we have to hold them a little differently than those that we see clearly in scripture. It's important to remember that Jesus, Jesus is the one we have to cling to. Jesus is the one who holds us all together. Without Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, we have nothing. And without Jesus' resurrection, we are hopeless. We need to hold tightly to those traditions that point us to the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus offers us salvation. So we're gonna hold to baptism and communion. We're gonna hold those things with a firm hold. They point us to Jesus. Scripture is clear that those traditions are not man-made. He gave us those to remember the empty tomb, to remember that through Jesus we can have new life. And before we get into the thick of some of these uh, traditions that are maybe uh, not on the same playing field, I want us to just take a moment get our hearts ready uh, to receive what God has for us, to invite God into this place. If you guys would do this with me, just put your hands out, palms up, close your eyes, just a posture of surrender. Take a deep breath. Remember that God is just as near as the air that you're breathing. God, give us tender hearts to your word this morning. Help us to put away uh, the frustrations of this past week. Uh, Help us to put away the distractions of the coming week. Help us to fully focus on you and what you have for us. We come empty uh, with nothing to offer but surrender. Fill us up this morning as only you can. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, There are traditions that are passed down But after a while, the tradition is done with seemingly no purpose or intention. It started with one thing, but it's gone sideways. Uh, It's tradition because we've always done it that way. Uh, What I'm trying to say is not all traditions are created equal. Uh, There's a story about a family that every Thanksgiving, uh, mom would go and she would cut the ham in half and she would cook it. Every Thanksgiving, uh, the daughter saw her mom doing this. Year after year growing up, she'd see mom cut the ham in half and then cook it. Uh, When the daughter was older, she hosted Thanksgiving at her house, and her mom was there to help her prepare. The daughter cut the ham in half because she had always seen mom do that. When the mom sees the daughter cutting the ham in half, she asks, what are you doing? Why did you do that? And the daughter's like, we always cut the, like, this is what we do. We always cut the ham in half. And the mom responds, that's because growing up, that ham wouldn't fit in our little oven, right? There's no need to cut it in half if it already fits. There's no need. And I think there's some traditions that we have in the church that are, they're caught like that. They're not necessarily taught, but they're caught. That daughter wasn't taught to cut the ham in half, but she caught that by watching her mom do it over and over and over again. And we do that same thing. We pick up on things that aren't necessarily things that we were taught, something that we experienced. So why we do what we do is an important question to answer. Because if we don't ask the why, we can get into trouble. What happens is our whys become motivated by cultural cues instead of biblical cues. Uh, we're shaped and formed by our environment instead of Scripture. Let me give you a few examples that have been passed down around the church. Uh, and the first one, you might be able to hear or imagine your grandparents saying this. I know I definitely can hear my grandma saying this. Uh, cleanliness is next to, help me out here. Some of you got godliness, all right? It's okay to be loud in church. You can be loud and proud, all right? Uh, that's just something somebody made up to make a kid take a bath, right? I got nothing against being clean, but that phrase is not in Scripture, okay? 
That phrase is not in scripture. Uh, don't curse in, let's try this again. I want some interaction. Don't curse in, all right, don't curse in church. Uh, did you know scripture does talk about controlling your tongue, uh, not using foul language? Uh, it doesn't say you got a free-for-all outside of church, though, all right? There's nothing specific about church. It says you should control your tongue, all right? Don't curse in church. That's culture one. What about this one? No hats in church, right? You guys ever heard that one? I used to be on staff with this old couple, and they were like, I can't believe that kid's wearing a staff, uh, a, a hat on stage. They got so upset about that, all right? Not in scripture, right? Uh, what about this one? Pray with your eyes closed. I don't know if you thought about that one. There, yeah, there's not super clear scripture that you have to pray with your eyes closed. Now, is it helpful to focus? Absolutely. Uh, confession time. All right. I was at uh, my kid's school. They go to a little Christian school, and I, <laughs> uh, this is always a good time. But uh, they had the whole school together, and they prayed. And about a third of these kids closed their eyes. And it was really fun just to kind of peek my eyes up and look at all these kids that have their eyes open. And then what do they do if they make eye contact with you? <laughs> Like, they immediately close their eyes. They hide it. Like, oh, somebody caught me. Um, you see that little ornery smile. It's really funny to do that. But, hey, uh, that's not a requirement for prayer, closing your eyes. Those are things that we've caught, and they might actually be helpful. Uh, I think closing our eyes does help us focus. But it's not a requirement for prayer. Uh, so when it comes to traditions, I want us to look at some traditions and make sure that we're holding them appropriately. Because if we're not careful, what happens is we'll hold tightly to some things that are probably best kept held loosely. And then we'll hold loosely to some of the things that we really need to hold tightly. There are different types of traditions. There's cultural traditions. Those are traditions that are held by different regions or different parts of the world. There's Christian cultural traditions that are held by different parts of Christianity. And then there's biblical traditions, traditions that we see in Scripture. And we can get into trouble if we don't make any distinctions between these because not all traditions are created equal. Uh, cultural traditions, if I was to do this and ask you guys what it means, you guys would say, that's a peace sign. Did you know that in other parts of the world, uh, this has a very different meaning, right? I would have to put one of my fingers down and it would be the equivalent of what you would think of, right? It's the exact opposite of peace because culturally it means something here that it doesn't mean everywhere. Uh, let me give you another one that's, that's cultural. It's a tradition you guys have probably experienced here in America. If we were doing the pledge or if we were singing the Star Spangled Banner, right, you're getting ready at a ball game, whatever it is, it would be culturally appropriate if you had a ball cap on to what? To remove that off, to hold it as a sign of respect. Uh, again, there's no chapter and verse on that, but we know those things to be cultural traditions we hold to. Uh, my point is cultural traditions are not universal. It varies based on the culture that you are in, all right? Uh, if they're, they're singing the national anthem, yeah, take your hat off, be respectful, but that's not the same as something that's in Scripture. Those are two different things. Uh, then we got Christian cultural traditions. Uh, these are the traditions that have originated uh, in Christian environments but aren't necessarily found in the Bible. Uh, I'll give you one that I think is kind of uh, really popular, okay? Wearing your Sunday best. Wearing your Sunday best. Failed on that one, okay? Hey, uh, last week I had a friend, uh, and he had some family in town. And they were in town. He's like, hey, you guys should come with us to church on Sunday. Their immediate response, I didn't pack clothes for church. As long as you wear clothes, like, as long as you're covered, you're welcome here, okay? Just wear something, okay? Uh, there's nothing wrong with wearing your Sunday best or looking nice to attend church. Uh, there's all kinds of people that come wearing suit and tie or elegant dress, uh, and they're given their best appearance. But here's the deal. Uh, 
it doesn't matter if we give our best appearance, if we haven't given God our heart, if we don't give him the best of what's inside of us. God is not concerned with your outward appearance nearly as much as he is with your heart and how your relationship is with him. Nothing wrong with these cultural Christian traditions, but again, these aren't found in scripture. These are just things that we've picked up along the way. And then we've got biblical traditions. Uh, those are traditions that have been passed down in the Christian faith through the Bible. Uh, the one we've looked at, these are clearly in Scripture. We've got baptism and communion. Now here's the rub with all these. People will hold tightly to those cultural traditions as if they are biblical traditions. They'll hold on to these things that are man-made as if they were God-ordained. And what happens is, is when we hold on to those things that are man-made and treat them like this is something that God created, it divides the body of Christ. It divides the church. And traditions are not supposed to divide us. They're supposed to unite us, to help us remember Jesus. And we impose our personal convictions on some of these traditions on others. We create uh, fractions. We, we get divided. The traditions that the church holds to are those that point us to Jesus, point us to the cross, point us to the tomb, point us to the resurrection. Church traditions are supposed to build up your faith personally and to unify us corporately. We might not agree on everything, but we can agree on the main thing, and that's Jesus. That's what is supposed to rally us. We are to unite around Jesus, to remember the cross, to remember the empty tomb, to remember that Jesus gave his life for us. If we hold on to Jesus... He will be the one to unite us. And what happens is when we make the main thing the main thing, we hold on to the right things, the table gets bigger and bigger. We allow for more people to come and more people to join and more people to be a part. When we hold on to the wrong things, these things that are not clearly in Scripture, what happens is instead of getting bigger and more people joining the family, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Because to be at the table, you have to hold the same traditions that I do. And we want to make sure that anybody has a seat at the table all because of Jesus. It's not because of anything else. He wants everyone to be a part of his family. That's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants everybody to be at the table. Philippians 2, uh, verses 2 through 5 says this. Try it again. There we go. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Emphasis on this last verse. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He came for everybody. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. It says this. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Uh, we need, church, to rally around Jesus. We can disagree on a lot of other things. Uh, if we can agree on Jesus, that salvation comes through him alone, we have all we need to be in strong unity with one another. Here in just a few moments, we've got uh, a, a great biblical tradition going to happen. We've got baptisms. 
And baptisms for us that are in the audience are an opportunity to celebrate that person who is being baptized, that they've taken their seat at the table. It's an opportunity to celebrate that God is growing his family. And he grows his family by uniting people around Jesus. Uniting people around Jesus. There's some uh, misconceptions about baptism. I want to get some of these straight. Uh, One of them is that baptism saves you. Like you got dunked, you're going to heaven, you're good. Uh, And that's just not true. Uh, One of my favorite stories is about Sam Houston. I don't know if you guys know Sam Houston. Uh, Sam Houston was about to be baptized in a river, and he was told, this is going to wash away your sins. This is going to wash away your sins. And Sam Houston, he had, uh, he had done a lot of things that he wasn't proud of. He had some red in his ledger. So when he was told the water would wash away his sins, uh, he responded like this, God help the fish. <laughs> Perhaps took it a little too literal. A little bit too literal. Baptism isn't what removes our sin. It's a picture of what Jesus has done for us, that he lived, he died, and then he was raised to new life. It's not something that saves you. It's a symbol of what saves you. But a symbol is only helpful if you know what it means. Uh, My wedding ring uh, is a symbol that I've made a covenant with my wife that I will be there for her for better or for worse. That's what it means. Uh, I didn't wear a wedding ring before the wedding uh, because that would be an empty symbol, right? Uh, you, you You could wear a ring without any vows, but it really doesn't hold any meaning. It'd be an empty symbol. At the same time, the symbol is broken if I was to wear my wedding ring and to show others the vows that I've made and then to break them. A wedding ring is a symbol, and if you aren't living out that commitment, that symbol, it loses its power. Baptism is a symbol. It's an event that we point to as believers and say, I have accepted Jesus, and now I'm going public with what I believe about him that he loves me, that he died on the cross for me, and that he rose again, giving me freedom over the power of sin. If we got baptized and we didn't know Jesus, it'd be like wearing a wedding ring with no wedding. It doesn't make sense. Uh, everybody getting baptized today is doing, sh- doing so to show everyone here who their faith is already in, that their faith is in Jesus, that their faith is in the finished work of the cross. If you're getting baptized today, I'm just going to talk to a few. If you're getting baptized today, this is your cue, all right? Move to your spots. We're going to sneak to the back. I want to talk to everybody who's still in here, though, for just a moment. Some of you are here, and as we've been talking about this symbol of baptism, maybe you're feeling a little, a little tug of the Spirit. talked about baptism, how how it's a symbol, how it's something we do to show everybody that we've decided to follow Jesus. And I believe that that it's possible that some of you are here and that you need to be baptized today. That that you are following Jesus, like you are pursuing Jesus right now, but you've never been baptized. Or maybe you were baptized a long time ago, like as a kid, but you really didn't understand what you were doing and you definitely weren't following Jesus. If that's you and you're here today and you'd say, hey, I've accepted Jesus uh, and I wanna be baptized, can I just tell you something? Let's do it. Let's do it today. Uh, We have room for you. Uh, You are sitting there thinking, I don't have any clothes to wear. 
I didn't bring any. Guess what? We've got clothes, all right? We've got shorts, we've got a shirt, we've got a towel. We've even got underwear, y'all. We got, we got it all covered, we got it all covered. And I know some of you are thinking, okay, you got that taken care of, but, but I don't wanna hold anybody up. I don't wanna make anybody wait on me. Uh, Refuge Church, if someone wants to get baptized, will we wait on them? Yes. I don't wanna talk anyone into making a step because it's not about any words that I have to say, but if God is moving and you wanna take that next step and you wanna be baptized, uh, as soon as you start to sing this song, what I want you to do is to, to get up and to go to the back. We've got Ryan in the back over there. Uh, he's gonna wave to everybody, Ryan's back there. And if you go to him, he'll get you set up. He's got everything ready for you. He's got the shirts, he's got the, the shorts, he's got the underwear, all right? We've got literally everything taken care of. If that next step of baptism is for you today, don't wait. Let's celebrate together this morning. If you feel God pulling on your heart, don't wait. Do it. As soon as we start to sing, go to the back, see Ryan, and we will get you taken care of. We are so excited to celebrate together. Hey, let's stand and worship with one last song as we get ready for the baptisms.